Well, welcome to Third Space, the podcast that aims to fill the yawning gap between the Christian church and secular culture. I'm David Robertson. And I'm Steve McAlpine. And in this episode, we were going to explore uh, sex in wartime. And for those of you who've tuned in for that, sorry, we're not going to do that this time. We're going to look at a different kind of union. We're going to explore the vexed and difficult to maintain idea of unity in wartime. great song by a great band uh, one of the key lines in that song is i believe in the kingdom come when all the colors bleed into one and uh bono and that is uh, singing about the idea of unity uh, across the whole world and as an irish band that came up through the middle of the troubles in ireland that's uh, a great sentiment and it's a sentiment that we all can feel the need for something that unites us and we i kind of think we sing it unthinkingly uh, there are two aspects of this desire for unity that's raised by Bono in that song. It's, and I think it's one thing that he gets right and one thing he gets wrong. And the thing he gets right is the way that unity will finally and truly be arrived at is through what he says, a kingdom coming. So in the end, he's holding the tension that even though we want something, it won't ultimately be achieved by us, certainly not in the way we want it. Uh, so that's right. Uh, what I think is wrong about it is where he says, uh, unity is where all the colours bleed into one. Uh, look, I I remember as a kid playing with a, a plasticine and putting all the colours together and they bled into a sort of muddy grey colour. That's not really the grand vision of unity that I think the Bible points to when the kingdom arrives in its fullest expression because there's a unity based around a deep diversity as you read the book of Revelation uh, that doesn't line up with Bono's image of all the colours bleeding into one. I want to see all the colours more brightly. But right now, with us coming out of COVID-19, the unity that we seem to have in the pandemic or seem to have as it was in the middle of it, seems to be cracking again. Is that a fair enough assessment, David Robertson? I think it is. And I think one of the problems is that those who talk most about, about diversity and want unity, they actually want unity without diversity. They want everyone to have the same view. They want everyone to have the same ideology and all the colors bleed into one that's so boring so boring i'm a i'm a rainbow christian now I, I want to see multicolors. but steve you've got a graph there that looks at how a community deals with a crisis what's it saying about how we might unite or divide at times like this yeah look i, I got this uh, graph given to me which shows the emotional responses to when you go through a crisis and the peaks and troughs in it and it looks like um you could translate that across to just the social response to to crisis. And there's there's certainly, when there's a pre-disaster warning or threat, people get a very emotionally low, low. And then there's an impact, like when the COVID started. And then you get what it's called the heroic and honeymoon stages where there's lots of community cohesion around the, the threat of the impact. And 
everyone goes into, you know, everyone's walking the streets saying hello to each other. And then there's this drop off into what they call disillusionment with certain trigger events which sort of crush and crack the unity. And uh, I think that's probably, uh, we've tipped over from the honeymoon, definitely. We're in disillusionment stage, just like my wife was when she uh, realised after about 24 years, <laughs> that disillusionment <laughs> kicks in. <laughs> there were certain yeah. events. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, um, that reminds me, it's what I call, when you're a, a church pastor, it's what I call the relationship stitch. Um, unlike you, Steve, I'm not a very good runner, but I did used to run. And when I got to about the two mile mark, uh, I used to get this stitch. And if I could keep going, then I could run forever. And I find in most relationships, you reach a point where there's you know, real pain and struggle. And if you can get through it, then the relationship will 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 deepen. And I feel that you're right. I feel that in our culture, that what's happening is this very fragile unity that was built, this social consensus in Australia anyway, that was built around, well, we've all got to fight COVID. I actually think that um, that is already beginning to fracture. But that leads me to ask you, is all unity in the future? Can't, why can't we just have some now? Why can't we all live as one? The world will be as one. All we are saying is give peace a chance. Oh, look, I don't want to be an Eeyore. I, I don't think that all unity has to be in the future. And as a Christian, I look at unity and go, uh, the kingdom of God is coming. It has come. It's in a fractured way, uh, full expressed in the church. And so the future, the Holy Spirit is the gift of the future, dragging us as God's people to the future. So there can be unity uh, in the here and now. So churches can demonstrate that very clearly. And the New Testament is full of examples of how that has to happen. Also, where it doesn't happen, what it looks like. Can that bleed over into the rest of the culture? Well, I think that uh, Christ is king of the world. So you will see uh, fractured expressions of that played out in the wider culture. And I think people who work to that are good and true and right, but everyone has mixed motives as to what unity they want. Uh, do you see what I'm saying on that? Yeah, I think so. Uh, 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 and I think you, we, we can see unity in different ways. So, for example, when you've got a, a crowd at a footy match, there's a certain level of unity when you're all singing in unison. Um, there's unity with particular cultural groups. We belong to different tribes. The trouble is, of course, that these tribes very often justify themselves by uh, creating disunity. But they, our unity always fractures, doesn't it? And so is the solution for that, for all the colors to bleed into one? Uh, you know, you're right. Bono's getting at something that is right, but he's also not getting. What, what's he not getting? Look, I think the diversity aspect, when diversity works well, when it's perfected, it doesn't tend to go into that tribalism. So you read in Revelation that around the throne, there's all these nations and tribes and tongues. Uh, in You read it in Revelation 7. You see unity where you see uh, the, the, you know, the, the, the John's there on the island of Patmos and he hears the number of those who are the tribes of Israel and it's very unified, 12,000 from 12,000 tribes and it's all named. You think that sounds very tribal and then it flips to what he sees and what that unity looks like looks like great diversity. And I think people want that but outside of Jesus, and this is something that Mark Sayers says, that everyone's looking for the kingdom without the king unless you've got Jesus in that mix you cannot have unity and diversity playing perfectly with each other, I think. Yeah.
I, 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 you're, you're right. I've got a great story about that, so I'm going to tell it anyway. But um, I remember a guy coming to our church, and he, he said to me, you know, I'm a pagan, actually. I've gone and I, I joined the pagan society, and he said, I hate everything you teach, but I want everything you've got. He said, it's amazing what I see in this church. People of different races, different colors, different social backgrounds. He said, it's, it's what we should have, but we don't have. He said, couldn't you have that without Jesus? And that's what he actually said to me, and I, I thought, no, it's precisely because of Jesus that we have that unity. But let's bring it to, to recent weeks. What about what we've seen in recent weeks in the US, the UK, Australia? Ah, it, it's disturbing, isn't it, in that sense that we, we're seeing we've got a fractured... Uh, this hasn't fractured our cultures. This has shown that Western cultures in particular yeah. are fractured. So pressure points have shown us up. And uh, there's obviously the racism issue that in the US that has just um, had ripple effects in many, in many respects across the rest of the Western world. But there is no unifying narrative in the Western world. And you can try to impose one from either side, uh, whether that's uh, a deep tribalism on one side or a deep tribalism on the other side. But there is no actual uh, unity across our Western narrative. There's no common story in our culture anymore. And that, that's, that's gonna be problematic, I think. I think it's gonna be really problematic. I think that um, there is no unifying cultural narrative and we're kind of in a much more dumbed down society. I mean, I was astonished to see in the United Kingdom in London, people defacing a statue of Abraham Lincoln in the, in the name of, you know, anti-racism, Abraham Lincoln, who freed the slaves. Yeah. So we, we don't have that unifying cultural narrative. I, I think, and this is where unity ends up in real trouble. It's, I think it's reliant upon emotion, but if you're reliant upon emotion for your unity, then we're in real trouble. But what about the church? Um, you know, what's the threats to the biblical idea of unity and and what role does a non-Christian concept of utopian ideals play in all of this? Well, I think one of the things we've lost, uh, when politics becomes God, I think you uh, universalize your own political framework. And what Christians haven't done is have a radical enough view of church. And we'll look at politics in our next episode. Um, but the church as an alternate polis, an alternative uh, politic to the rest of the world, which is supposed to showcase what the future should look like. Now, sadly, and it's been the case in the US for a while, the most divided day in the US has been Sundays when church uh, was not uh, unified <laughs> across uh, race. It was always very divided. And I've spoken to Americans about that. Um, but the idea of biblical unity has to be uh, something that's given to us. It says in, that we are to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. We can't create that unity. The Bible tells us that it's given to us by the spirit. Now, I think you can have shadows of that unity in the sense that uh, non-Christians are given uh, image of God in their lives. Um, but the concept of trying to create a utopia of my unity hasn't well, let's put it this way. A lot of omelets, omelets have cracked a lot of eggs to get that. Yeah. I think, you know, as well, in, in terms of the church and, you know, Christians who are listening to this, actually disunity in churches is rampant. Oh, sure. There's a kind of fake unity. Look how, we, look how we all love one another. I think getting real unity is very difficult. You just need to read the New Testament for that. But the difference, I think, between the unity that's mentioned in the Bible amongst Christians in the church and the world's version of unity is that the, the, the unity within the church is attainable. It is possible and it can be really deep. 
Whereas the unity that's within the world, it's only attainable at a very shallow level and soon cracks uh, apart. Agreed? Yeah, look, I think it does. And the church needs to work hard on uh, having a deep unity. Uh, as you said, there's no golden age of the church which shows a completely united church. So we have to keep, uh, we are waiting for the kingdom to come <laughs> for that to be fully realized. Steve, thinking about this whole issue of unity, is it possible that coming out of this crisis, we could have more unity or is unity really only reserved for the really tough times? Well, I think uh, the pandemic showed up uh, almost at, like an alien force landing on the earth where all of the tribes had to get together to fight something that's bigger than them. Uh, and once that goes away, uh, I think the tribalism is starting to come back to the surface. And we've certainly seen that in many areas. and. I wrote about it recently saying uh, one of the things I liked about COVID was that it might kill off the culture wars. Uh, it seems like it might have fed them. Uh, people were frustrated. They've been in lockdown and now they're pushing to extremes a little bit more. Um, so I, I think that people think that unity can be achieved through power where you cannot quash uh, another tribe and expect there to be unity. It's going to pop up somewhere else. It's like that game whack-a-mole. You hit it somewhere it comes up somewhere else and that's whether that's identity politics uh, on a left perspective or whether it's uh, white supremacy on a right on a right perspective you've got these tribal things and Tim Keller talks about how the fact that the middle ground has been emptied and you've got these shots firing across the top from left and right at each other and a lot of people in the middle keeping their heads down um, I don't think there's a return to a past of unity that sort of existed a golden age of unity. I don't think that was there. Um, it's true that history is written by the winners. Uh, so there were plenty of people who didn't get a say that weren't particularly united to the main narrative that was going on in the culture. Uh, I think that's key, key. The key safety valve for me on utopian ideas of unity is that what Bono said, what we come back to that, I believe in a kingdom come. I think that something is coming that it, Jesus in his prayer the, that he gives to us uh, says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Without God bringing that kingdom eventually, we will do anything to bring about a utopian ideal. And I think that hard Marxism or whatever it is, is almost like a, a Christian heresy. It's got a progressive idea that was given to it by uh, a, a Christian framework of a future that's amazing but it sucks the king out of the kingdom. And once you suck the king out of the kingdom, or even if you suck uh, Christ out of Christendom on the sort of more conservative side of things, you're gonna to try to get a unity through power. And I think that's problematic. Amen, absolutely. Sorry, preacher, preacher. That's, that's just, yeah, totally agree.
you want another podcast on the Eternity Podcast Network, let's recommend With All Due Respect by Michael Jensen and Megan Powell Dutois. The spirituality of travel, Christian bullies, heresy, debating topics like this with real respect. Actually, on the subject that we've just been talking about, um, speaking of unity, that's one way you get unity, by discussing different issues from different perspectives in this way. So go and have a listen to Michael and Megan. EternityPodcast.com is where you go. Well, thanks for entering the third space with us. Coming up next episode, something that will really enhance our unity, politics in wartime. Steve, what's that about? Well, it's probably an extension of unity in wartime. What does politics look like when it gets together to fight a common cause? Uh, can it be maintained? And uh, in light of the fact that Australia has had a unified uh, federal government and bringing in all the other uh, state governments, how do we go forward with politics at this time? So until next time, I'm Steve McAlpine. We'll see you then. And I'm Red Robbo, and I will see you at the Politics in Wartime next time. Third Space is hosted by David Robertson and Steve McAlpine and produced by Janelle Muller, editing by Peter Laverock. Third Space is part of the Eternity Podcast Network, an audio collection showcasing the seriously good news of faith today. Head to thirdspace.org.au where you'll find show notes and other stuff related to our episodes and click onto our Facebook page if you want to join into the debate. You've been listening to the Eternity Podcast Network, eternitypodcasts.com.au.